Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. I'll never forget my dad telling the story that a moment in his life he was cold, cold on God. My mother looked at him one night and said, uh, Honey, aren't you going to get ready for church? He said, I'm not going to service tonight. She said, Why? He said, My back's hurting. She looked at him as a good wife would. She said, You know your back's not hurting that bad. And uh, just cold on God. Wasn't living in sin, wasn't doing anything wrong, just cold on God. And uh, he said he went to church and he said he looked at the attendance board like we did back in those days and he said, he said, he looked at the tennis board and he looked up there. He said, I used to be so passionate. He said, he thought to himself about how many people were at the house of God. He said, but something in him said, I don't even care. Wasn't moved. Wasn't moved by the kingdom. Wasn't inspired by the things of God. He said, he said I realized I was losing my passion. And he said, uh, I realized I was backslidden my heart. He said, maybe I could walk away. He said, but if I walk away from God, what's going to happen to my children? If I don't serve God, what's going to happen to my babies? Where And he said, he said, in a moment of the church, he said, I couldn't feel God. People were running, shouting, worshiping. He said, I couldn't feel anything. He said, because my heart was cold. He said, but if I don't, he said, what's going to happen to Aaron and David? In, in, where will they be in 10 years? Where will they be in 20 years? He said, I said, Lord, if you'll just move on me one more time, I'll never walk away. I'll, I'll, if the doors are open, I'll be at the house of God. And he said, I, he said, I don't remember what the preacher preached. He said, but I went to the altar that night and I repented and I dedicated my life back to the Lord. And I'm so glad that he did because I'm here because he said, I want the favor to be upon me and my children. I have come to learn over the years. Look at a same family and one is blessed and the other is not. And, uh, and, you, and, and, and the one that's not, jealous at the one that is and, and uh, well, why is God doing this for them and this and I see this happen these things are working out but it's not happening for me I want to tell you that God is not a respecter of persons but he is now listen to me this is a word for somebody he is a respecter of choices you don't have to pray for the favor of God you just live the life that brings the favor and when you become obedient to God's word and you follow like we heard you preached in 830 which was so powerful we can't just be a hearer of the word we need to listen to what he's saying and obey it but when you obey his word he brings abundance he brings blessing and you know what everybody in this room you have a choice whether you're going to be obedient to the word of God or you're just going to do your own thing and live in your own carnal flesh but I'm so glad one day that God sent me a preacher so I can make the right choice I can do the right thing and his favor and I say let his favor be upon you go ahead Lincoln sing that sing that part about the favor how many want the favor of God be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within
stayed. When you could have walked away, you stayed. And I'm telling you, the favor is upon your life. The favor is upon your children, even to your grandkids. Because you made a choice to stay. And one of these days, Lakin, when the trumpet sounds, you and me, we're going to be locked arm in arm. We will stand on streets of gold together because of the favor. It's upon you. Somebody ought to get out of your seat for a moment. And said, his favor is upon me. He has blessed me. He has done a favor. And that's why I praise him. And that's why I shout hallelujah. And that's why I come to the house of God. Because he's been better to me than I deserve. Come on, I'm telling you. I am blessed by God. And he has blessed me. And anybody feel blessed today? He's been good to me. I said the Lord's been good to me. Has he been good to you? Clap your hands if he's been good to you. If he's ever done anything for you. Hallelujah. Come here, Lincoln. Hand of the Lord's upon you. You're anointed. Everybody in this room knows that when you sing, the anointing of God comes upon your life. It's because you've made some choices. When nobody's looking, I can hear you in your bedroom praying. I can hear her thundering and seeking God for the youth group. I can hear the roaring of a prayer meeting between her and God. Anointing is not by accident. The blessing of God is not by accident. You have been, you have been given an opportunity to either choose culture or to choose Christ. To choose ungodliness or choose godliness. To choose worldliness or holiness. But if you walk in the way of the Lord, amen, the Bible says the unclean can't walk therein. But it's a way called holiness. There's no lions there. There's no there. It's a blessed place. Well, I'm not the preacher today, but I am preaching for a minute. Lincoln, I was I was a teenager. I was in a in a in a meeting, and I was at a, a crossroads in my life as a teenager. And a man got up and preached. He preached on which voice are you gonna listen to? And he talked about basement voices, condemning voices, voices that would say, I'm not worthy. He 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 preached about lying voices that said I couldn't live for God and he said you need to listen to the right voice and follow the right voice I got out of that seat that day I made my way in Huntington West Virginia I laid over an altar with tears dripping off of my face and I said I'm going to do what God wants me to do I can do it I will do it I repented I sought God and I'm here today because of that prayer meeting and I'm so glad to tell you that's why God sends you a preacher. Because how can you hear without a preacher? And how can he preach except he be sent? And I'm so glad that we have one of the greatest preachers right here in this congregation. Amen. Pastor Cody up the grave. Our, our, uh, man, we're so blessed to have him, aren't we? We want you to come and preach because somebody today is coming out of despair. Somebody today is going to be able to make a choice that's going to that's going to seal there forever. Do you believe that? May His favor be upon you. I want you to lift your hands and ask God to speak through your spirit to the man. There's something about His presence. I come in. You come in from a long week and get into the presence of the Lord. It's, you almost feel the the dust sweep off of your spirit. 
couldn't feel, what you haven't been able to feel, all of a sudden in the presence of God in one moment, praises start going up to Him, and all of a sudden you feel, you feel that touch of God. Come on, can you feel what I feel right now? I feel the presence of God. just a great weekend, a fun weekend, fun week getting ready for this school and, and uh, Michael and Kate getting married and just a lot of fun stuff happening and I got a hold of Nehemiah, Pastor Nehemiah's phone yesterday and, and uh, asked Gio to preach Gloucester and, and uh, from Nehemiah's phone and that's funny but uh, you don't have to laugh, that was supposed to be funny and uh, Gio so you don't, you don't need to preach Gloucester today. It's just been a fun weekend, and uh, just thankful, thankful for the body of Christ. We need to be together, don't we? We do. We need to be together. Amen. Amen. I'm going to preach to you today on this thought, my exceeding great reward, my exceeding great reward. Turn to somebody around, uh, somebody around you, tell them he's my great reward. You can be seated. There's an island situated in the South Pacific called Easter Island. I'm going to give you a minute to get yourself arranged. Everybody comfortable? Everybody good? Got your men out? Everybody good? Everybody ready? Turn to your neighbor and say, you ready? Here we go. There's an island called Easter Island about 500 miles west of South America, just a small island. They can throw that picture of the island up on the screen. Easter Island was known as a paradise. It was richer in wildlife than any island known to man at the time. Its hills were cloaked with palm trees and it was said that one of the largest colonies of birds was located on this island in the South Pacific, Easter Island. It was rich in food, water, resources were there. And, and you'll find that the story goes that there was this tribe that, that settled there on Easter Island. They were called the Rapa Nui. And uh, they, they settled there on Easter Island and they had everything at their fingertips. They didn't have to do a whole lot for food, didn't have to work a whole lot for water, and had all of the resources at their disposal. So much so that while others may have had to spend more time looking for those things, 
those on this island didn't have to take as much time. And so you'll find that this tribe, one tribe split to two tribes and two tribes split to four tribes. And before it was over with, there were different tribes situated all across the island, Easter Island. These tribes um, with no need of with no need of taking time to get food or gather water. They had time on their hands because everything was at their disposal. And so they started making statues. You'll see behind me that they started carving statues out of stone. You've maybe probably seen these before in pictures around, but they started to carve large heads out of stone and and, and, and I was so intrigued by this that I started to look into it. And what happened was there, there became a competition between tribes on that island. They wanted to see who could build the, the most majestic and the best looking uh, statues, who could build the statues who, who, who looked the greatest. And, and so these tribes, instead of worrying about preserving life and instead of worrying about the important things, they began to focus on carving these stones. They, they, you, what they did not realize is by doing this, they were taking away from their natural resources at a rapid rate. The trees that provided the coconuts, that provided sustenance to them were being chopped down to transport these statues and the birds that the trees lived, or <laughs> the birds, that, uh, the trees that the birds, there we go, I gotta get the birds in the right place. The, 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 uh, the trees that the birds lived in were being cut down and, and they were consuming food at an alarming rate and, and, and so, but they were wrapped up in this competition that before it was over with, they became so competitive and aggressive about these carvings that it is said that these tribes began to war against one another. They became so angry at one another that war broke out on the island and now it is a tourist attraction. You will find no trees there. You will find no bird colony there. You will find no uh, life there, but you will find a whole bunch of statues a whole bunch of stuff that, that really when it came down to it did not mean a whole lot. Now, I want to preach to somebody today that life has a tendency of doing that to us. In the church, out of the church, doesn't matter who you are, life has a tendency of getting our focus on things that do not matter. My. Life has a way of getting our attention off of the most important things, the most valuable things, the, the, the sustenance to us, the, the, the things that give us life and the, the, the reason we work the job in the first place. Life has a way of getting our attention on things that do not matter. And if we are not careful, we ourselves can become like the tribes of Easter Island, so wrapped up in things that do not matter, 
all, all the while wasting the resources, wasting the mind, wasting the time, wasting the energy that God has put in your life to live for him and to do something for him. I'm gonna tell somebody today, it's time to get your eyes off of the screen. It's time to get your eyes off of the job and get your eyes on what really matters. That's why I'm thankful for the body of Christ. That's why I'm thankful for a Sunday service because when I come into this building, it forces my attention, amen, to come uh, to focus on him, to come to focus on what really matters in my life and we come in here, lift our hands, forgetting about those temporary and temporal things and we begin to focus on the eternal things. Let me tell somebody in this room today. Jesus is all that really matters. He is all that can satisfy your soul. More hours on the job won't do it. Another guy, another girl won't do it. Another pill won't do it. Another relationship won't do it. Holy Jesus, that song says, can satisfy my soul. Only he, only he can take your heart and make a whole, sir, ma'am, what really matters to you? I know that you come to church. I know that you're doing things for God, but are you doing things with God, are you attending service because you have always attended service or are you coming because there is a hunger in you to connect to what really matters in your life? I want to tell some guest or some visitor that has been looking, amen, somewhere outside, you will find nothing in this world. You will find nothing, amen, in this world. You will find this world is empty. This world is barren. What you are looking for, it is in Christ. For Colossians 2 says that we are complete in him. You feel incomplete because you do not have Christ. But when you get Christ living on the inside of you, you experience completeness. You experience what it means to be whole. That's why you can walk through a storm, Brother Buster Gladman. You can walk through a difficult time in life and when you have Christ and other people that would be rattled and other people that would be shaken and other people that would turn, amen, to all these different things. You see people with Christ in their life stand sure and stand tall because they are complete. They're not living just by themselves. They're not living with themselves with their own resources. They have somebody that's living on the inside that is giving them life, that is giving them hope. I don't want to preach too fast today, but I'm going to just do what I feel right now. You need to know that Jesus is what you have been missing and Jesus is what you need this morning. If you believe that, clap your hands to the Lord. Genesis 15 and 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, 
Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Would you, would you just say that with me right now? I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. He said, Abraham, I am what you have been looking for. He told Abraham in Genesis 12, he said, get out of Haran, get out of, leave, leave your home, leave your family, leave the lifestyle that you have known for so long. Abraham, get out of where you are and follow me. Abraham listens. Abraham obeys. Hebrews says that he went not knowing where he was going, but he went trying to obey the voice of God that was calling him somewhere he had never been. And Abraham obeyed the voice of God. And he got to the place in Genesis chapter 15. You can read it when you, when you leave. He said, Abraham, look up. Look up, Abraham. It was a, I have to believe that it was at nighttime because God referred him to look at the stars and he said, Abraham, look at the stars. That, that wouldn't mean anything to you other than you have to know that Abraham was praying for children. He was praying for, he, was, he, he wanted a family. He, had, he was able to have children other ways, and, but he wanted him and his wife Sarah to be able to have children. And because Abraham obeyed the voice of God. He rejected the things of the world. God said to Abraham, look up at the stars. He said, as many as you can count, Abraham, that's how many kids you're going to have. That's what your offspring's going to look like. I don't know if I want that many kids, amen. Lauren's definitely saying I don't want that many kids. He said, he said, look up at the stars. That is what I'm going to give to you. What Abraham could not find at home, what Abraham could not find doing it all by himself, when he obeyed the voice of God, when he listened to the Lord to come out from among them, to come out from a lifestyle of sin, to come out from a lifestyle that's dependent upon things of this world, when he said, come out, and he listened, Abraham did not realize at the time that he was opening himself up, amen, to the blessings of God on his life. For he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And what you have been craving, what you have been looking for is in Christ. He is your exceeding great reward. He is what you've been looking for. There is nothing greater than an experience with God. Peter said in Acts chapter 2, 
to a group of people who were pricked in their heart looking to know how, how can I get this Christ in my life? He said, repent. He said, you gotta repent and you gotta be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You will receive the spirit of God God that will live inside of you and he said this promise is unto you and to your children and many that are afar far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call you're not too far today to be saved you're not too far today for Jesus to wrap his arms around you and say come on live for me come on I died for you you ain't got to work for it. You ain't got to labor for it. I've already paid the price. He's already paid the price. What do I have to do, preacher? What do I have to do to be saved? The Bible says, by grace are you saved through faith. By grace are you saved through faith. What do I have to do to be saved? I'm going to tell you right now. You have to have faith that God can and God will save you. I know exactly where I'm at today. Some of you have been wondering, Is God? could God ever save somebody like me? Could I ever really live for God? Could I ever really do what these people in this church do? I don't know if I could live that life. I don't know if I could do what they do and talk the way they talk and live the way they live. I've come to tell you that if you can just have faith for it, if you can just believe that it's possible, then God said, I can work where there is faith for without faith, it is impossible to please him. But when faith is coupled with the word of God, when faith is coupled, amen, with the word, and you act on that faith, you can be saved. But you have to have faith. That's it. Just faith. See, people get it wrong, Brother Buster. They think they got to do all this stuff. They think they got to do all this work. It's easy for American culture to get in the church. It's easy for American culture to sway our perception of what it takes to be saved. We work a job, we we go, we work our nine to five, and because of our work, we are we are paid. We are given we are remunerated. We're, we're given an income. We're given finances because of the work that we have done. And people think that it takes work. It takes, I, I have to work. I have to labor. I have to do all of this and then I will be worthy of God. But that's not what scripture says. Go to Romans 4, chapter 4. Paul explains it very clearly in the book of Rome. Romans. I've read the Bible before, Romans. Now to him that worketh is the reward, not reckoned of grace, but of debt. That's exactly what I just said to you. To him that worketh, their reward is not by grace, 
but it's of debt because they have worked, now they are owed something. They have worked, now they have to be given something. Go on, Romans 4 and 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth, everybody say believeth, believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, go on, his faith is counted for righteousness. That messes with us. His faith is counted for righteousness. You mean, you mean my work is not right? You mean, oh, you mean what I do is not counted for righteousness? No, it's not. I, you know, I've seen a whole lot of people, and, you know, discernment's on me right now. I, I, I'm thinking that probably some of you go to work and you don't like your job. See, I told you it was on me. I can feel it in the room. You go to work and you gripe. Maybe you gripe to yourself because you're a Christian and you're godly. You keep it internal, but in your mind you're thinking, man, it's Monday. I don't want to be here. They get on my nerves. They smell bad sometimes. They talk too much. Come on, does anybody have normal thoughts sometimes? I don't I don't ever think that, so <laughs> my coworkers are here, so. Oh Jesus. All my coworkers smell good. Amen. <laughs> you know how you are. You you have the mentality of, I gotta be here. I'm here to get to get that bread. <laughs> I'm here just to get paid. But the mentality is, I have to be here. I don't really want to be here, but I'm here, and I get paid because you're working. But faith, oh man, listen, let's 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 keep reading. Romans four. And six, next verse. Unto whom, even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man, go on. Unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. What is the scripture saying? Scripture says that Abraham's faith was counted to him for righteousness. You, what, are you, what are you saying, Cody? Here's, here's what I'm saying to you. I'm saying that we make it too hard sometimes. I'm saying that we feel like before we come to God, you know, have you ever heard somebody say, as soon as I get my life in order, then I'm coming? As soon as I, as soon as I get it all together, then, then I'll come to church. You ever heard that before? They feel like they have to work. I'm saying we make it too hard because if you can have faith, your faith will produce a desire for the work. Well, let that sink in. Your faith will produce a desire to do the work to where you're not doing it out of obligation, working your nine to five. It's, it's not that way. You're not just fulfilling a religious routine, but somewhere inside of your heart, faith has entered. You have this belief that says, God can change my life. And your faith in that belief makes
makes you do the work. It makes you pray. It makes you come to the altar. It makes you throw it in the trash. It makes you walk away from that relationship. It makes you put that on. It makes you take that off. It makes you stop going there. It makes you start going to that. The faith produces the work in your life. God does not operate out of guilt. When you feel guilted into doing something, it's not of God. It's of you. There ain't nobody in this room that's pressuring you to do certain things and be a, what you can do, all you need to do is have faith. And if you can start with faith, the foundation, everything else will come later. But you just got to believe that God can and God will. Made a decision. Winston, my old, I didn't plan on going here, but Winston, my oldest boy, had 12 surgeries in the first year of his life on his left eye. And I made a decision, my wife and I made a decision as parents that we are going to believe that God can and God will. And, and, and when doctors said he would never see, when doctors said it doesn't look good, we prayed every night with Winston, I believe Jesus will heal my eye today. I didn't feel it. I didn't feel to pray that prayer, but I made a choice, Brother Buster, to have faith. I had faith and my faith produced a choice to pray. My faith produced a choice to keep believing that God can and God will. And when doctors said he would never see, I refused to believe the report of a man. And Winston today is able to see out of an eye. Amen. The doctor said it would never happen. Why? Faith. Faith. Scripture says you don't need a whole lot. Just use what you got. Faith, faith, faith. Just a little bit. I feel faith in this room right now. Abraham had faith and got it all. What can you believe God for today? What can you believe that God can do today? God can do what you can believe him for. Clap your hands right now. Faith, faith, faith. What people have faith for all throughout scripture. Jesus looked at the blind man. Amen. In Mark chapter 10, he was blind, but he heard Jesus was coming to town and he ran. He spoke up. He was vocal when everybody else said, tone it down. That blind man yelled and pursued Jesus and Jesus asked him, what would you have me to do? He said, I cannot see, but I would like to be able to see. And Jesus said to him, in Mark 10, thy faith hath made thee whole. Thy faith, thy faith, thy faith hath made thee whole. The lady had an issue. You all right out there? I need to slow down here for a minute. This lady had an issue of blood for 12 years in the scripture. 
She had tried all of these other things, physicians and sorcerers and, and all of she went in all these different directions to try to receive healing. But she heard Jesus was coming to town and she pressed through the crowd and said within herself that if I could just touch the hem of his garment then I could be made whole. She could believe. She believed that within herself. She had never seen that before. You had never seen an example of that in scripture before but she believed in herself. If I could touch his garment I will be made whole and what happens that's exactly what happens she presses through the crowd touches the hem of his garment and instantly 12 years of an infirmity is made whole why because if you can have faith for it God can do it stand to your feet all over the room clap your hands to the Lord He is your exceeding great reward. Become so consumed. Come to the music, please. Become so consumed with things that do not matter. Carving stones. The end times unfolding right in front of our eyes got a peace treaty historic peace treaty signed just this past week Israel and Arab nations historic the bridegroom cometh the bridegroom cometh here we are carving stones on things that don't matter consumed by opinions that don't matter I hear scripture and revelation behold I stand at the door and I knock I knock have we drowned out knock and the call of God with the swinging of the temporal hammer with the swinging of the temporal things of this world I don't want to become so busy that I forget that he's coming listen to me the rain that consumed the world in Noah's day was not loud. Sure, they'd never seen it before. We've never seen this stuff before. Sure, they'd never seen rain before. But what was getting ready to destroy the world just sounded like a little bit of rain. Wasn't loud. Wasn't obnoxious. Just sounded like rain while they're merry and drinking and given in marriage the earth is being destroyed right in front of them is it possible to be so 
consumed with the things of this world that we miss the reward of serving Christ. There is a reward. He said, now in this life and in the world to come. Some of you are missing it. You're missing it. You've made it too hard. You've made it seem, you've, you've, you've dug yourself in such a hole in your mind that you think I've got to do all this stuff and get all this stuff right. I've got to put all this on and take all this off. Stop going, stop going here, start going there. Just have faith. Just hang, hang on, slow down. Just have faith. Just believe God. And let God produce the work in your life. Don't make it hard. His yoke is easy and His burden is light. It's not hard living for God. It's not hard following God. Made it too hard. I've come to set somebody free today. Have faith. Say, God, take all of this off of me. All of these chains I've put on myself. All of these hindrances I've put on my own self that have hindered me from loving you and serving you out of a right and pure spirit. Have faith. And your faith will produce what you are trying to produce by yourself. Have faith. Have faith. Faith will do it. Faith will lead you into the works that you're trying to perform right now. Let God take you by the hand and walk with you. Lift your hands all over the room. I don't want to ramble, but I do know I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, lift your hands. Call out to God right now. I need you in my life. I need you in my life. I am complete in you. I'm incomplete without you. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. It's temporal. It's temporary. They're going to begin to sing and they're going to begin to play. God is tugging on the hearts of people today. Maybe you've missed it. Maybe you've become distracted. Come on, let this be a realigning service for you today. Maybe you've never had God with you, but you want Him and you need Him in your heart and in your spirit. Come on, you got to have faith today. Faith is going to produce the work, amen, of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit that comes into your life today. I'm asking everybody that would, if God's dealing with you right now, Come on, I want you to come to this front. I want you to come to this front. If you're comfortable, I want you to come right now. Come on, if not, lift your hands right where you are. Let the Lord touch you right now. Let the Lord touch you right now. Come on, lift your hands all over the room.
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.